Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Your hosts are Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, their friends and family with the resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here are your hosts, Sharon and Becky. Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. My name is Becky Olson. I'm a four-time, 21-year survivor of advanced stage breast cancer. I'm also a a little bit of holiday spirit still left in me. (laughs) I'm also a motivational speaker and the published author of The Hat That Saved My Life. And hi, I'm Sharon Hennepin. I'm a 24-year survivor, certified life coach, and the author of my upcoming book, Thriving Beyond Cancer. We're also the co-founders of Breast Friends. You know, before we get on with our show, um, this I think there's a topic that we just wanted to kind of mention to you because today's show may be seen by some as a bit controversial, um, but we just but it really isn't, and we just really hope that you'll listen to all of this with an open mind. But the the fact is, breast cancer doesn't discriminate, and neither do we at Breast Friends. And we've had some amazing partners over the last few years, and a recent partner we've had this year is actually our guest today, and they did a, a, a big thing with us, and Sharon's going to tell you about that. Um, but basically, if somebody wants to support Breast Friends and their money is legal, their business is legal, we're going to accept that. So I want to say that right out of the chute because I think it's really an important message, and, and we're going to talk just a little bit about that. So Sharon, why don't you go ahead and, and introduce our guest? Absolutely. Happy to do that. So um, our guest today is Julie Dubach. She's the c- controller at Shango. It's a mari- marijuana dispensary uh, store in Oregon and Nevada. And they're sh- huge supporters of Breast Friends, as Becky was math- mentioning. And during October alone, Breast Cancer Awareness Month, um, they did a fundraiser for us and brought in over $6,000 for Breast Friends. So I wanted to welcome Julie. Hi, well, thank Julie. you, ladies. It's such an honor to be part of this show and part of this cause. Um, I just wanted to say thank you for having me. Oh, Sharon, well, glad to do have you remember you. when they when they came into it? Because we have our, our partners present their checks at the open house. And when we saw them standing out in the hall, not only with a big check with like big numbers on it, it was a big check. I think that thing was built on four by you know, four <laughs> by eight plywood or something. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was pretty big. <laughs> it was massive. We were looking at this thing going oh my gosh, that's a big check. I wonder what the numbers are. And those are big too. So (laughs) Julie, that was, that was pretty amazing that you guys did that for us. And we, we really appreciate that. So anyway, well, we look forward to that next year and, and, you know, the years coming and expanding on it even further. You did that selling pink stuff, right? Like pink t-shirts and it it was, it was selling pink things, not necessarily um, cannabis products. Is that correct? Correct. Yes, it was all merchandise. So what we did is we co-branded merchandise with Breast Friends logo and our Shango logo, you know, obviously centered it around the Breast Cancer Awareness Month of October with pink socks, pink hats, pink beanies and T-shirts and, you know, anything that you could really think of. And, uh, you know, what we came up with was, you know, we donated 50% of the profits of all of the merchandise sales, you know, to your organization, to, you know, you you guys and whatever you need. When you think about that too, that means a lot of your customers, because they're the ones that bought all that stuff, 
they were very, very supportive of Breast Friends as well. So, you know, it, it was just a huge community effort, and um, the results were, were astounding. So thank you for doing yeah. that. Well, thank you. And I had a lot of um, excitement, even a lot of our vendors and, and you know, counterparts in our industry. Um, I, I know I shared the post that, that uh, your organization put on Facebook, and I even remember as, as far down as my CPA responded to my post and said, hi, you know, I want one of those shirts. This is a great, you know, <laughs> cause. I'm so glad you guys did this. Oh, you know, it so legitimizes our business as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's just talk a little bit about your background so people get to know you a little bit and how you got into the cannabis business. Absolutely. Um, ironically, I don't have a an extensive background in growing marijuana or really anything to do with it. What I do have an extensive background in is um, finances and the legal industry. I've spent, you know, the, most of my professional years, um, about 20, managing finances and managing law firms and overseeing, you know, legal processes. Not an attorney, um, but um, had plenty of experience in laws. And, and it was time for me to make a change about uh, three years ago when I met the founders of Shango, and we really hit it off. And there was a lot of my background that would help uh, this company and really in this industry. Um, I have a, you know, extensive business management, and typically you might not find that in this industry because, you know, we're, it's still a, an emerging industry. So Absolutely. I teamed up with them, and, um, you know, we moved to Oregon where Shango um, put its roots down, and it's, kind of, it's all been history from there. And, I mean, I was, I would say, one of the first two or three employees, and, and we just in the state of Oregon have over 100 employees now. So we've grown a lot wow. in three years. How many stores do you have here in um, Oregon? We have, in the state of Oregon, we have five. And okay. in the state of Nevada, we have one. And then okay. there's, you know, obviously future we can talk about later. Yeah, cool. How exciting. Well, yeah, that's, that's great. Well, and you're right. The, the uh, cannabis industry in itself is just a buddy industry. and <laughs> That's know, a joke, right? Yeah, really. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> um, but but basically it is just trying to figure out, and and I'm sure laws are changing all the time, so keeping up with all of that is extremely important to keep you legitimate, as you will, um, and to keep keep your doors open. So that makes perfect sense that your expertise would be used wisely in a in an environment like this. So. I know you guys had a hard time finding someone willing to accept your donation. Why do you think that is? Well, I mean, I think it's a simple answer. Um, From some of the larger organizations, you know, they are federally funded and backed. And, you know, as I'm sure everybody knows in the United States, that marijuana is still not federally legal. So it's considered illegal. And I would imagine that those larger organizations might risk losing some of their funding from the federal side if they were to even accept $100 from us. So it was, it it started out to be a little discouraging and disappointing um, because, you know, our industry really struggles with being recognized as, you know, being legitimate. So we, I didn't, take no for an answer. And I had some folks <laughs> continue searching. I'm like, well, don't, you know, find, some, find a local organization. 
Right. And and that's what he did. Our uh, you know somebody in our our PR department started searching, like where where can we donate money and that they will want to accept it. And then we found you guys, and we also found another organization in Nevada that was local, and we were able to carry the. Um, promotion across for the, um, you know, entire states of Oregon and Nevada and, and donate the funds. Well, we're, That's we're very, yeah, and we're thankful that you guys found us. I'm not sure how you did that. What, did you just Google or something or? Yeah, started, started Googling, um, you know, local Portland Metro um, breast cancer agencies and support services. And yeah, we, you know, we cool. saw the the background that you guys, you ladies, have had, and and it seemed like it was something that would pair really well with Shango, and yeah. uh, I think the rest is history. That's so well, cool. I'd like to say go Google, but I have to say it quietly because I have one of those new toys that our son gave us for Christmas, oh. <laughs> and if I say it too loud, it'll wake it up and it'll start talking to me, <laughs> and we will hear it. <laughs> So modern electronics. Why don't we talk a little bit about the state laws since that is kind of your your uh, <laughs> specialty. And, and obviously we're in Oregon, um, so I want to make sure that, that people understand that. So your state laws, if you're in another state, may be completely different than this. So let's talk about Oregon first and uh, maybe what you see is like the, the future. Absolutely. I wanted to first say a little disclaimer to anybody listening, because we will start talking about a little bit later, I'm sure, about some of the medicinal uses of marijuana. And I just want to make sure everybody understands that I'm not a doctor, and I'm definitely not providing medical advice. I'm just providing my own personal um, information from experience and, and, you know, data that I've learned over the years. Um, Perfect. But on to... Onto some some of the the state laws, and I can give you some some general background that that would be typical for all of the states that have legalized it recreationally. Um, we don't have to get very you know specific. Um, there are yeah, just an overview. Um, there are eight states currently in the United States that have legalized uh, the use um, recreationally. And so what that means, and it, and it applies to all of those states, that you have to be 21 years of age or older to enter into a retail location and purchase marijuana. Um, each state will have different limits on what you can purchase per day in the various categories of marijuana products. Um, in all of those eight states, and then additional 21 states, so a total of 29 states, in the U.S. have legalized marijuana for medicinal use. Um, those laws are a little bit different. Um, you're typically, typically going to be required to have a doctor's note or a medical marijuana card to enter into those facilities or purchase from somebody. And they're going to, um, generally speaking, medical dosage is going to be a lot higher and your limits are going to be higher for purchasing. And how many states um, did you say have that? Um, 29 states plus Washington, D.C. have approved the use for medical marijuana. Okay, Okay. good to know. Can I ask a question? What's interesting is not all of those states have somewhere for you to purchase it. So 
So let's let me round up and include DC. So you have 30 states that have approved it for medical use, and out of those, only 20 of those states have operating dispensaries, which mm-hmm. which kind of leaves a little bit of a disconnect because then where do you buy it? And right. and that is you'll we'll start seeing this as you know each year passes the number of states that have operating dispensaries where you can purchase the products will catch up to the number of states that have legalized it. It takes okay. time for them sure. to write the laws, and, and that's why you see such a disconnect there. So uh-huh. let me ask a question. If, Julie, if you live in a state that allow, that has medical marijuana and you have a medical card and you purchase it and then you travel to a state that doesn't have it, are you breaking the law by going to that state? With, yes, with you are. product? Okay. Yes. So people need to be really, really careful that... anytime you cross a border with oh. it on your person, oh. you are breaking a law because you're crossing a federal line. Uh-huh. And, and oh. it's so silly because it's federally illegal. Even if you were going, let's take, for example, Washington and Oregon. If right. you were in Washington and you had you know, a, med- a medical card and you had, you know, a, a couple joints on you and you crossed over into Oregon, the act of doing that is technically illegal because you're crossing a federal border. Oh, wow. So even if yeah. you're flying from one state to another where the destination and the originating point have it legal, but if you, if you touch, if you do a stopover in a state that doesn't allow it, even that would be illegal then. Correct, or well, even getting on a plane with it is illegal. So Really? Okay, well, that is really good to know because that's something I've, I've kind of wondered myself, and a lot of people do <laughs> yeah, travel. Yeah, so be so. careful. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, hopefully the laws will start um, catching up here pretty soon. I know, you know, even in Oregon, um, I had gone into a dispensary to educate myself for potential patient questions, and... Um, just a few months later, uh, things had changed, so I could actually see the medical pieces of the product where I couldn't um, just a few months before that, which was fascinating to me. <laughs> so, it's a, Julie, it's let me ask you. a moving target. We, we do have rule updates usually about once a quarter, and it's, it's very hard to keep you know, up with those, that fast pace, especially when you're talking about rules changing. So it's challenging, but I think it will level out in the next five years. Yeah, I think yeah, so, that's too. Great. So, Sharon, you couldn't even get into the to see the medical uh-uh. side? Uh, wow. Uh, yeah, until uh, I think it was July of last year. Wow. A year ago, yeah. That, boy, things are changing, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, they well, really- Julie, what's the difference between medical and recreational marijuana? Is, is there a difference? I know prices is, is different because of taxes, but can you speak to all of that for us, please? Sure. Um, you hit the, you know, the probably one of the key factors right on the head is medical is not taxed, where recreational uh, purchases are taxed. So you're you're mm-hmm. giving. You know, depending on the state you live in, but I'll give you an example. In Oregon, you're paying typically a total of 20% tax with 17% of that going to the state of Oregon and 3% going to your local municipality. Now, those numbers could vary a little bit on the local municipality, but most most cities and counties have uh, chose the 3% to keep it an even 20%. So on the medical side, you don't pay any of those taxes. So that, you know, if you have a medical need, I always, you know, advocate to go get your medical card and it it saves you that 20% and and rightfully so. 
So that's, okay. that's, you know, right in the pocketbook, that's one of the differences. Mm-hmm. Another and difference is it the same product? Find, it, exactly. The, another difference you're going to find is in some ways it's the same, in some ways it can be different. Um, the ways that are, they are the same are typically when you see the flower. So the, the product that's grown and dried and sold can be sold to either medical or recreational um, consumers the same. And it's the same potency. It's the same strength. Um, there are no differences there. What does differ on the flower side is how much you can buy. You have lower limits typically as a re- recreational consumer um, versus a, a medicinal consumer. Mm-hmm. And those are going to vary by state to state. Um, okay. Another major difference are in the other categories of marijuana products. So, for example, um, edibles. In the state of Oregon, you are only allowed to purchase uh, 50 milligrams as a recreational consumer. However, if you have a medical need, you can purchase up to 100 milligrams. Mm-hmm. So, okay. you know, that's quite a big difference there. So your, your dosing and your um, allowable limits vary, and that is the main difference that I have seen in the various marketplaces, you know, across the United States. Okay. So that that's uh, that's pretty important right there. So if you if you really do have a medical need, it's pro- I know there's a process to get the card, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But and there's a cost to get the card. But if that's your need, then you're going to save money down the road. Um, but what, what's the you know we hear a lot about CBD oils and versus THC. What what is the? Can you explain to our listeners what that means, please? Sure. Um, <clears throat> The real, and I'm going to try and keep things not very scientific, A, because that's probably not my most um, strong suit, and B, mm-hmm. because I think the audience is going to benefit more from the layman term. Yes, so, absolutely. THC makes you high. That has a psychoactive effect. CBD is non-psychoactive, so you're not going to get that head high that, you know, it is a stigma, I think, that follows marijuana. Um, there, you know, THC is, is going to be, you know, your typical um, psychoactive effects um, that's euphoric, mind-altering, um, makes you feel very relaxed. Where CBD, you typically don't have a psychoactive or a feeling of being high. Okay. Um, CBD does have, um, I would say, some more medicinal benefits to it. And we can, you know, if you want, we can talk now about the <clears throat> common uses between the two, or we can talk about that later. Um, you know, I think that we're probably going to be going out to break here in a minute. So if, it, if it's going to take a little bit of time, um, w- let's come back to that on the other side of the break. But in the meantime, while we're waiting to see if we're supposed to go out on break... Um, <laughs> Uh, why don't you tell us how a person does get a medical card? Sure. Um, since, you know, we have a widespread audience, my first direction will be if your state has a medical program, I would Google your, you know, state's name, medical marijuana program, and you're going to find the state-mandated instructions on, on how to do that. And here in Oregon, just for example, we have a lot of clinics 
Um, you know, off the top of my head, I remember when I first moved here, I went to the THCF clinic and then there's the mama's clinic or empower. You can go to those clinics and they have, um, physicians on site that will meet with you and discuss your needs and, and see if you have a qualifying condition. And if so, they will write, um, their recommendation that you are approved for a medical card. You fill out the paperwork and you file it with your state's agency, and you pay fees. Those fees are going to differ um, in Oregon, depending on if you um, have a designated grower or if you're going to grow your own. Um, those fees differ anywhere from 200 to $400 a year. And then you usually have to pay your clinic fee or your physician's fee, which any, can be anywhere from $1 to $200. So you're looking okay. at, you could be spending on the upwards of you know, four to 600 depending on your needs. Wow. Okay. And, and you know what? Well, we are not a tough Julie, process. We, Julie, we're going to go out to break. Um, we're, we're having a little technical difficulty, but we do need to go out to break and then we'll get it fixed for next time. So let's pick up this conversation on the other side of the break. So stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When a woman is diagnosed with cancer, she faces unique challenges. No one understands this better than the experts at Compass Oncology. Our women's cancer program includes a team of specialists in breast and gynecologic cancers, genetic testing, and the ongoing care of women with high risk factors. From targeted therapies and clinical trials to needed emotional support, Compass is a leader in treating women's cancer. Find out more at compassoncology.com. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a car that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states, giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. 
Welcome back to our program. We've been talking about medical marijuana or cannabis, and uh, our guest is Julie DeBach of Shango. So, Julie, you were just telling us a little bit about the marijuana card. Why don't you pitch right back into that? Absolutely. Um, it, it is important to, um, especially in uh, you know new new users or if you have a new medical need, it is definitely important. I would say to go get the advice of a of a physician um, that that does approve of the use of marijuana in conjunction sometimes with other drugs um, as well as on its own, and getting a medical card. As I was mentioning before, the process varies from state to state, but it's fairly similar. Um, you have a state agency that oversees the medical marijuana program. You need to look um, for that agency and research on their website the steps that you need to take. Um, it's not, not too difficult in my experience, um, and I highly recommend it, and especially to save on the taxes for medical use. You know, when I talked to my doctor about it, I asked him how he felt about the use of medical marijuana. And I guess I shouldn't have been completely surprised because he's very progressive in these things. And he said he's all for it. He's all for anything that's legal that brings comfort. And and what he suggested to me was that I go to a, a, a dispensary talk to them about what might help me with, with some of the symptoms that I have as I'm because I'm going through treatment again right now. And he suggested I, I try some a little bit and see if it works before I go through the hassle and the the expense of getting the the card, the medical card. And that made sense to me. I haven't done it yet, but it does make sense to me to, to approach it that way. Do you find most people do? Um, you know, that does make a a thousand percent you know, sense to me, why, why pay money for something if it, if it's not the right, if it's not right. the right product for you or doesn't make you feel good. So I absolutely agree. And I think a lot of people do that. I think a lot of people also, especially now that it's uh, been passed at the recreational level here in Oregon, lean on that first. Um, because I think sometimes they're, they're afraid to mention it to their doctors, especially. So yeah, that's, could, I'm glad your doctor, you know, feels that way and, and definitely yeah. um, is, could be the way of the future. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And you know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that that may sound tempting to do, but if you're under current treatment and you're on medications, I still think it's a good idea to let your doctor know if, if you're planning to do that. It's absolutely. Don't you think, just in case there's any crossover effects? Again, not a doctor, none of us are, but that just makes sense to me. Julie, let me ask you to can you explain? I know there's a lot of different products. You mentioned flowers. You mentioned, um, you know, the kind that you smoke. What what are the the different types of cannabis products? And the ways to use it for um, for medical treatment. Let's let's kind of focus mostly there, um, just because our show is limited, and we could probably talk about this for the next three hours. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, well, you mentioned probably the most popular is flower, um, mm-hmm. and and that's you know any of the dried marijuana leaves. Um, you can get it in its bud form, and you mm-hmm. can take it home and roll yourself a, you know, a joint with it. You can put it in a, any type of vaporizing, smoking um, receptacle. Now, I mean, if you're using it for medicinal purposes, I don't, I don't know that, you know, smoking flour is the healthiest thing for you. You're still putting, you know, even though it's natural, you're still putting smoke into your lungs. So right. I would, you know, if you're using it for medicinal purposes, that probably wouldn't be what I would choose as my first choice. But that's okay. probably the most popular um, form of consumption 
out there. And is that going to um, be? Is that going to have THC or or CBD? It's probably THC. That can have either or. So okay. you can have. Um, you know, mo- most commonly, you're going to find high THC, and then you'll also find what they they call it a one to one, and that's typically your ratio of THC to CBD. Um, CBD is really really good for medicinal effects, and and it has been proven that the pairing of THC with CBD has better effects than just CBD alone. There's a, there, and this is going to get a little scientific, but there is something that occurs that activates the CBD effects with a little bit of THC. So it's, hmm. it's a fine balance and, you know, you'll, you can experiment and see what works best with your body. You know, um, I have another, a friend who... Just real quick, I have a friend who had a migraine and somebody gave her some CBD oil and she put one drop under her tongue and within 15 minutes, and she'd been battling this migraine for a day, and within 15 minutes, it was gone. She started to feel it leave pretty quickly and it was gone, but it was CBD, so there was no, um, you know, no effect of being high or anything and she was able to actually function that day and work. And so I, I, it was amazing to me that it worked that quickly, you know, to remove that kind of pain. It and does, I, I and it really does, and it's not a, a regimen that you have to build up to. It, it can be done as, you know, on an acute basis, like you just mm-hmm. mentioned. Yeah, that's um, great. You know, another method of consuming is, is in, in edibles. So it's, you know, typically some type of it's not just candy now. I've seen Cheez-Its and, and popcorn and, and all kinds of stuff. I mean, stuff that I don't need because I, I would eat too much of it. But, you know, there's so many. <laughs> I like salty stuff, not sweet. So I, I'm not worried about brownies, but I am worried about chips. But, yeah. um, you know, they infuse these products and make them just like they would at a bakery or, you know, in a you know factory. And they infuse them with, with the oils that you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. So... Um, and it can be both THC and CBD, um, which I really like because um, one of my, you know, I would typically recommend starting off, you know, if you're a new patient, I would, I would, I'd start off using a, a high CBD product. So the fact that you have the ability to make that into an edible where you don't have to smoke it, you can be okay. more discreet about it. Um, yeah. I, I highly recommend that. Um, and then, Along those lines are the concentrates, and that is, those are the oils. Um, mm-hmm. They're typically made with, 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 you know, some type of extraction method um, using solvents, and, and the solvents are then extracted back out of that. Um, and those, typically, you can vape those. So you have those, just like your e-cigs, you have mm-hmm. um, the vaping method. It uh, has less um, odor that's released. Mm-hmm. And again, you can do it both in THC and CBD. Um, there's also in that same family, in the concentrate family, there's all kinds of different ways but, um, to, to actually consume it. But the, most of the time, it does take some type of heat or combustion to activate um, the THC and CBD. So that is one thing that you have to keep in mind. It's not quite as convenient as an edible because you have have to have some way of heating it, whether it's this little battery that heats it up as you inhale it, whether it's, um, you know, a, a device that you have to mm-hmm. really heat up to a high heat like a vaporizer. You still have to have yeah. some way to 
to activate it. And I kind of like what you said earlier, you know, like what you said earlier, though, Julie, um, you know, for those who are using this for medical purposes, you, you may not want to inhale and get put that, you know, anything in your lungs that doesn't really belong there. And, it, you know, and maybe do the edibles for that reason. Is that, did I understand that correctly? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, okay. One other thing that is typically in the concentrate category that you don't have to inhale into your lungs would be something called a tincture. And that's exactly what you were describing with your friend with a migraine. It's an oil form and it is already activated, so you don't have to heat it or anything. You typically would put it under your tongue. So that I, it would be another, and that's in the concentrate category. Um, they also sell um, capsules. So they put the oil into the capsule so you don't even have to taste it. So there's oh. all kinds of different, yeah, all kinds of, they're come, and there's okay. new things coming out every day. You can't yeah. keep up with it. Cool. Um, the last category I would, I would um, want to talk about are topicals. And I think that these are, they're great. I mean, you have, you're, you put it on topically, externally. So like for with a migraine, you have oils that have, you know, a CBD oil in, infused into the, you know, like kind of like a massage oil and you massage your head with it. Um, a lot of people I found with arthritis, they keep coming back for different like soaking salts that you put in your back and your bath. Um, I think, and, and those do not, they also don't give you a psychoactive high because they're, they're um, getting into your system topically and they don't give you any psychoactivity in your brain. Good. Well, that's okay. good. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So can you maybe share with us, kind of, I want to get to this before we run out of time in this segment, but um, how does cannabis actually work in treating symptoms? I mean, what does it do? So, you know, what it does is it, it, it attaches to receptors um, in, your, in your brain and, and it attaches to them in, in different ways. So, for example, with THC, um, it attaches to receptors in your brain and it might stimulate your appetite or get rid of nausea. So it all oh, depends on... yeah, those on, munchies. <laughs> yeah. I always hear about those munchies, <laughs> Which honestly right? is really good for cancer patients because I know a lot of them, you know, struggle with nausea and, you know, not having an appetite. So, you know, that is one case where the THC aspect of it is actually helpful. Um, but there, there's so many different cannabinoids within the, you know, cannabis plant. Um, and they, they act with your endocannabinoid system within your body. And that is where you're going to find most of the, you know, CBD effects. Um, and, that's kind. Of, it will. It'll get really scientific if I try to explain it. <laughs> no, I understand. Yeah, we don't need to go there. <laughs> I, I think that the biggest thing to understand is um, you have, and most stores, most uh, dispensaries have very educated people on this subject, and so going into a dispensary. And just say, I don't know anything about this stuff, so tell me. And you can get somebody to actually explain, you know, what it is that you need. So, for instance, if you have problems with anxiety or pain or migraines or whatever, I think then if as long as you allow that person to know what it is that you're trying to do, and if you're trying to get high, whatever, uh, yeah. that 
that is, you know, I think all of that information is really important to be able to talk to the dispensary staff and be able then to get the right product for what your needs are. Absolutely. And I'm not sure if we have like a minute, but I can kind of go over real basics, common uses for THC or common uses for CBD. Sure. Perfect. Um, So THC is something that is going to be more directed towards your anti-nausea, somebody with, um, you know, battling the side effects of cancer, Crohn's disease that's also in your digestive system. Um, It's a little bit more helpful with the, uh, you know, alleviating pain, so painkiller, muscle relaxant. Um, And also, if you have problems sleeping, I have a terrible problem with sleeping, so I do absolutely use the THC at night before I go to bed so I can get a good night's sleep. Now, on the flip side, the common uses for the CBD um, portion of the the product, that's going to help with your anxiety and more of your neurological function. So within your brain, um, it's an antipsychotic. It is widely used in the treatment of seizures. It's also widely used in the treatment of diabetes. It, it, because it ties in with your endocrine system, it helps to regulate your sugar levels. Um, so those are your, yeah, those are kind of the real, those are, I would say, the most common uses and the differences between the two um, cannabinoids, the THC aspect and the CBD aspect. That's excellent. Well, listen, we're going to stop right here and go out on break. We'll be back um, in just a couple minutes, and we'll pick up this conversation. And we've still got a few more things to talk about. So hang in there with us. We'll be back in a minute. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health & Wellness. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When a woman is diagnosed with cancer, she faces unique challenges. No one understands this better than the experts at Compass Oncology. Our Women's Cancer Program includes a team of specialists in breast and gynecologic cancers, genetic testing, and the ongoing care of women with high-risk factors. From targeted therapies and clinical trials to needed emotional support, Compass is a leader in treating women's cancer. Find out more at compassoncology.com. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. 
Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. We've been talking about medical marijuana and the use in treating symptoms of cancer with our guest, Julie Dubach of Shango. So let's just chat about um, the use of cannabis. Does it ever replace scientific medical treatment for cancer? I would never say that it, it's a replacement for, you know, the scientific uses in, of medicine in, in this day and age. Doctors have been made, you know, so much progress and done so much research. I don't think that would, will ever be the case. I do think it's a, a great tool to use in conjunction with the scientific medical treatment. Um, you know, there is a product out there that there are, you can do some research on it that it, they say has cured cancer. And I right. personally experienced, experienced it with, you know, people I've seen right in front of me where their, their tumors shrunk and then were gone. Um, and wow. that's called RSO. It's Rick Simpson oil. Um, aside from that, though, I think all of the other marijuana products just help with comfort and to deal with some of the, the negative side effects you're, you, you're experiencing if you're having to go through chemotherapy or radiation. Um, you know, my mother-in-law passed away um, from breast cancer and I mm-hmm. um, watched her, you know, battle it and struggle with it. And I obviously wasn't in that industry at that time. And, and it was, you know, many, many years ago. So it's, it's unfortunate that we didn't have some of these, the knowledge that I have anyways now, because right. it definitely would have made her quality of life a lot better. And that's yeah, what I sure. think is the main focus, you know, make your quality of life better, make, make this time that you're having to use every ounce of energy in your body to fight this nasty disease, make it as enjoyable as you can and take some of the pressure off um, so you can focus on fighting the disease. Right. And so the one thing that, that makes sense to me as well is for instance, like Becky, weren't you kind of allergic to the anti-nausea medicines, for instance? Yeah, well, I think it's just more that they just didn't work on me because by the time I figured out I needed it, I couldn't keep it down, oh, you know, okay. and so it okay. was of no it was of no value to me. So I don't know if it was an allergy per se. It's just I just couldn't. It was just too late. It just didn't work very well yeah. for you. So yeah. so again, and in that particular situation, if if it's not working well for you, I could certainly see adding something like this to your regiment to um, help with the anti nausea or the sleep. Sleeping because, again, a lot of our cancer patients deal with sleeping problems, um, you know, all of these kinds of things. So it makes sense that, that it would be a great addition to what you're dealing with. And I need to look up that RSO a little bit because my daughter's actually going through cancer right now. So I need to figure that out a little bit more for her. And, you know, and it's just a reminder, Rick, it's, a na- it's natural. Oil. It's an oil. Okay. Yeah. Yes. And is that is that all natural too, Julie? Like, you know, with it the is. other things were you know, and that's the yeah. thing that's so interesting is there's so much fear and and misinformation around something that is natural, completely natural. And you know, I know there's natural things probably that aren't good for you, but 
you know, it's it's not chemically produced. It's it's not, you know, it's just, it's interesting to me that there's so much hesitancy. And, right. you know, it's and I know. It's not made in a Petri dish with, yeah. you know, <laughs> exactly. components right. and poof, you have an elephant. It's Right. <laughs> yeah. so why, why do you think patients are still hesitant to walk into a shop? Because I know we talked about that at our open house when you guys came, because you do, you offered to do something pretty special that we'll talk about in a moment. But um, do you still find that patients are hesitant to come in and kind of, be there and of, of course there's a stigma um it's a drug um in the federal government has made it real clear that they're considering it a, a illegal drug still mm-hmm. so i do think people are scared and you know back in the 70s you know you had those times and everyone was getting high and you were smoking <laughs> and being you know lazy on the couch and eating half of the cupboard and that's the <laughs> stereotypical that's <quite> picture. <laughs> you know use of marijuana but but you know as as science is you know developed over the years and and people have really, you know, some really, really smart folks have really done a lot of research, you know, there's a lot more benefits that, that it offers. So as much as most, as, as much as we can offer that to the folks out there that are a little apprehensive to go into a shop and don't be shy. And, you know, if keep in mind that everybody in that shop is there for the same reason. So you're going to be amongst sure. friends and you should be comfortable. And and I have never met, I have not one person in this industry um, because there are so many great people and so many people that want to educate the public. Um, they are all open arms. Like, what do you need? Let me help, you know, take some of the fears away and let me, let me guide you in the right direction, you know, after listening to you and some of your fears. And in most most shops will embrace that. And if you tell them what you're scared of, well, I don't want to be high, or I'm afraid that I'm going to overdose. They can they can educate you and help alleviate some of those fears, or tell you, you know, what it actually will do, and, and versus what some of the, you know, theories are that maybe mm-hmm. aren't true. That's and true. I think That's that true. is a biggie because because it's not regulated in the same way like a prescription drug is. You know, you have very specific directions on your bottle of pills that says you take this three times a day and blah, blah, blah. But with with a, a cannabis product, it's it's not exactly like that. Is that right? Correct. It's not like that. But the big difference is in those bottles of pills those warnings are on there for a reason most of the time. Right. They potentially could kill you if you took the whole bottle or have really terrible side effects. With cannabis, uh, if you eat too many brownies, it's not going to kill you. It's not going to make you feel good, but it's not going to kill you. And that's, I think, one of the big differences that I, I really can't wait to see even more and more studies show, you know, how many deaths occur from some of these, you know, addictive painkillers, you know, and you're not going to, you might, you know, you're not going to have those same numbers or anywhere near that at all with the use of cannabis. Yeah, yeah, the opioid epidemic has just gotten out oh, of control. It's so terrible, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, ever since they made the made it legal here in Oregon, every I, I don't think you can drive down a street now and not see one of those little green um, crosses, you know, that, <laughs> for the dispensaries. What should people look for when they're choosing a dispensary to go into and and get advice on medical marijuana? How what, what do you look for? Um, well, what I would look for is, you know, an establishment that is well-kept 
And mm-hmm. when you enter, you, you feel welcome and warm. Um, that's, that, I mean, they are all going to have products that can help you. But the most important thing is you want to you want to enter in somewhere that is clean and well kept because that kind of tells you how they operate their business. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, they're going to probably be, you know, making sure that all of the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed and the test results are appropriate and they're not out of, you know, compliance with any 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 of the state mandated laws mm-hmm. and regulation. And then, so once you on the outside it looks good, and once you go on the inside, if you see the same thing, then I feel like you're, you know probably in a safe place. And then mm-hmm. from that point, you want to talk to the bud tenders and, and start, you know, getting a re- making a rapport with them and telling them a little bit about yourself. And if, if they don't have time for you, then you're in the wrong place because there okay. are so many shops everywhere that, that do have the time for you and do want to take the time, especially for, for um, new patients to help educate them. And so as long as you find somewhere that is willing to give you that, you know, patient education, that's going to be, you know, where you want to go. And then obviously price is a factor, but, you mm-hmm. know, that money is money. You can always make yeah. more. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, definitely. I know that the, the Shango website, you know, you've, you've got a lot of photos and things on there and your shops look look amazing and you just kind of seem to be a good example of how to run a shop just like what you were describing can you talk to our listeners a little bit about what you guys do and and then I also want to have you talk about that special offer that you made to our our patients um, who wanted to maybe come in on a private day can you speak to that sure sure um, well you know part of the Shango brand is that you know it is a it is a professional establishment um, and you, one of the things that you mentioned, um, very stereotypical, is the green crosses. If you come to a Shango, you're not going to find a green cross. And that's because we want, we're trying to get away from this being a weed shop. And, and we want people to realize that it is a safe place. And, you know, we display our products um, so you can see the actual bud within a, a glass cylinder. We allow customers to come in and smell it. You know, we have bud tenders that open, open up their drawers and let you smell it and tell you about each and every strain that we have. Um, our, our shops are designed very similarly from location to location and even from, lo- you know, state to state. So that way when you come in, you typically are going to experience, have the same experience no matter which location you're in. Um, mm-hmm. All of our bud tenders, you know, go through rigorous training and, and make sure that they have the ability to service the patients as they come in the door and give them the proper education. But at the same time, it's still warm and inviting. We don't want it to feel like a very white doctor's office. We want it to be yeah. warm and make you comfortable. That's great. And so you guys made an offer to open up on a day that you were normally closed if our patients wanted to come in, like maybe do a field trip out there or something on a on a day and so that they can kind of avoid that stigma of being in there with the recreational people. How'd you come up with that idea? You know, I kind of shoot from the hip on a lot of things and that was one of those things. <laughs> I think it was good. I heard it was, I think it was brilliant because, yeah. again, until you've actually gone in and kind of experienced it, uh, it is still a little, you know, yeah. scary, right. I guess. And, and why not? You know what I mean? And, and right. we aren't closed on Sundays, but we do open quite a bit later. And that's why I thought, well, why don't we open it, open our store up? privately, you know, for, for an hour or so before we open to the, mm-hmm. you know, general public and allow it to be 
more inviting to any of your cancer patients or, or their families or anybody that really is, is interested in having a little bit more of a private showing, if you will, and have <laughs> yeah. one-on-one. And, and so they don't feel, you know, um, they're not scared to go in there and, right. and they're not apprehensive or they're afraid to ask yeah. questions because other people are around. And if so, we do it as know, a field trip, we we'll do. be there with them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, Julie, we are down to the last couple minutes, and I know you wanted to spend some time on talking about safety precautions. So can you just very quickly talk about what do what people what do people need to keep in mind to keep themselves safe if they're absolutely if they're choosing this it's, path? It's pretty pretty basic. Um, you want to keep any type of marijuana and especially edible products away from children. I think there okay. are sometimes edibles can be, you know, mistrown and, and eaten by children. It's not safe for them to do that. Same thing okay. with your pets. Pets, you know, love to get into things and it, you know, will make them very lethargic and is not good okay. for pets. And then finally is, you know, if you're under the influence of marijuana, don't drive, don't operate heavy machinery. Um, you know, it's very... Common you know, sense. can impair you, and I don't would would advise against that. Yeah, right. makes sense. Yeah. Well, just real quick, because again, we're almost out of time. You've got stores in Las Vegas and Portland. Do you have any anything else on the near horizon? We do. We're looking at expansion um, into Michigan, and we're also looking at expansion into the state of California, um, possibly expanding more in in Oregon here as the need arises. So, you know, we're looking forward to the future, and and Django is is going to be a a, a national um, marijuana um, vertically integrated system from, you know, seed to sale. So you'll see us in all of the states eventually. That's wonderful. And what is your website address for people who want to learn more about your, your um, Shango in particular or any information about medical marijuana? Absolutely. You can find us at www.goshango.com, and that's G-O-S-H-A-N-G-O. Okay, dot com. Great. Well, Julie, thank you so much. You've been an amazing guest with us today. You know, we've covered this topic before, but there's something that was very um, wonderful about the way you presented it. Very, very layman terms. And we just really appreciated everything you had to say. Um, so thank you for taking the time to do this with us. And again, thank you for supporting Breast Friends the way that you guys do. Um, to our audience who's listening right now, it is um, your end time. And if you love our show and you want to help, help us keep it going, please visit our website at www.breastfriends.org. There's a big blue button at the top that says donate and if you'll hit that button um, you can go and make a donation of any size um, on our you know through our website and it is tax deductible we are a 501c3 so really appreciate any support you can give us so we can keep programs like this on the air and we will be back next week and until then remember there is always hope and we're here to help you find it Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Please join Sharon Hannafin and Becky Olson again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. There is always hope, and we'll help you find it. We'll talk again next time.